Welcome to episode 16 of the Rescue Summer Mindset Podcast. I'm Cody Wright. So today's going to be a Q&A episode, which I do every week. I got a few good questions, so I'm going to run through those. And then I have a couple other things I want to talk about. If I get to them on this episode, that'll be great. If not, I'll, I'll carry them over to a future episode, maybe on maybe tomorrow's episode or on Monday. Also, just a quick side note, I'm kind of debating how I want to continue on with the format of this podcast as far as like the frequency. So right now I'm doing three times a week, as you know, and I'm debating going to twice a week instead of three. So I'd probably maybe do like a Monday episode and a Wednesday episode or like a Tuesday, Thursday episode. And then I'm kind of thinking about tweaking the length. So right now I try to keep it at 17 to 30 minutes just based on what I covered that episode. And I'm curious to hear what you all think. So, or what you think about the length of each episode and whether you'd rather have me doing two episodes or three episodes per week. So send me an email with your thoughts to rsmguide at gmail.com and I'll leave a link to my email in the show notes so you can go there and just send me an email and just tell me what you think. Also, if you, for some reason, can't see in the show notes, just send me a DM on Instagram and I'll send you my email if you, some for some reason, forget it. So with that said, I'm going to get into some of the questions for this week. So the first question is, can you overtrain from swimming in the pool? So I guess this would be a concern about shoulder injuries or maybe... I guess like you can get like some sort of leg injury if you're swimming too much with your fins or you're ramping up the volume too fast with the fins. And overall, of course, you can get injured through overtraining in the pool, but it's like it's very rare because swimming is so low impact. So if you, as long as you're not ramping up the frequency or the intensity of your workouts too quickly, then you'll be fine, I think. A general note would be to You never want to, like, if you're swimming, say, 1,500 meters a workout in the pool three times a week, the next week you shouldn't be swimming 3,000 meters three times a week. You would want to slowly ramp up your your volume. So maybe the first week you're doing 1,500 meters three times a week. The second week you're doing 1,750 three times a week. Third week you're doing around 2,000. And you're just slowly increasing that volume. And kind of something I steal from the kind of the runner's world, the marathon training, ultra marathon training. A lot of times when you're writing a training program for a marathon, when you're building up your volume on your legs, you're supposed to increase the volume slowly. So say you have a weekly mileage goal. This is for a marathon, so don't use this for Coast Guard training or your any military training. It's just kind of example to use for thinking about how to increase volume. So you have a marathon that is four months out. So your first month of training, the first three weeks, maybe you run 20 miles a week. The first week you do maybe 24, 24, 25 miles. The second week, third week you do 27, 28 miles. And then that fourth week, you would want to actually like give your body a little bit of rest and not ramp up the volume too fast. So you'd actually dial back that fourth week and you do 
you do like like 22 miles or something. And then the fifth week, you'd hop up the volume again, kind of step it up and go around like 30 miles per week. And then you continue that cycle kind of. And that kind of gives your body a little bit of break as you're building up that intensity. So you can use that for pool volume too. So if you're swimming 1,500 meters one week, 1,700 the next, 2,000 the next, maybe that, that fourth week, you go a little lighter in the pool, maybe do two times a week or do three times or four times a week, but with way less volume. So just keep that in mind. All right, second question was ocean swim training, question mark. So I'm assuming this is just like, is it beneficial to get in the ocean and do some long distance swims? And I would say yes, although it's not required. It will, I think it's a lot of fun. So if you live close to the ocean and it's kind of nice, like if you're not in like, if you're on the East Coast in the winter, it's going to suck. But if you're in Florida, if you're in like Southern California in the summer, you know, that'd be kind of fun to do some ocean swims. I was in the Florida Keys as a non-rate in the Coast Guard. So I would do like maybe once a week, I'd do like a, maybe maybe like one or two mile ocean swim just to kind of keep it fresh and not get kind of burnt down the pool. But overall, it's not going to be that beneficial. It might increase your water confidence a bit, which is pretty helpful if you're someone who's not really comfortable in the ocean. Kind of increasing your exposure to it can be helpful. I didn't really have that problem when I was going through, but I know some people do. Some people aren't really comfortable swimming in deeper ocean water. So so ocean swim training is beneficial, but not required. All right, question three. Is there a graduation PT standard? So there's not really a PT standard for graduation. I think when we went through, we took like a PT, it was called like a PT out test. So you just take the, it was basically the same PT test we took when we first got to A school. We took it again towards the end. But if you made it through all that training, like it's not an issue at all. So there's essentially no PT out standard because you're going to crush whatever standard there is if you're graduating from school. So I wouldn't even worry about that. And in the fleet now, the rescue swimmer or the AST rate kind of in the past few years, basically. So when I was on my way out of the Coast Guard about two and a half years ago or so, like spring of 2017, we basically had a whole new PT test. So it involved like weightlifting and sprints and shuttle runs stuff like that so i don't think they're doing that the a school right now they're just doing the standard like push-up sit-up pull-up running swimming pt tests so don't worry about it if you get through all that training it's not gonna be, be an issue anyways so nothing to worry about all right so move on to the fourth question this one's kind of long i guess because I guess it's kind of intricate, but I felt like this would be a good one as it probably applies to a good portion of you. And if it doesn't, it probably will at some point if you're a little younger, maybe if you're in high school. So the question was, I'm just going to read the question that I got through Instagram and then I'll kind of break it down and unpack it. So this is a question that came in kind of last minute. So I was thinking about it for the 
basically the drive over to record this episode. So Thomas said, what is your thoughts on college versus working to become a rescue swimmer? Should you do college after a career as a rescue swimmer or should you do college before the Coast Guard? And so this is like super complex and it's going to vary from person to person. But I can give you an example of what I did and then some other people that I know. And then you can kind of use that to make your own opinion, make your own assessment based on your situation. So I was, I graduated high school. I was like, I was 17 and I enrolled at the University of Oregon. Go Ducks. And I went to school my freshman year there. Um, We started in, so this would be the fall of 2010. So I did my first semester there. And then over that winter break, I went home to my parents' house in Virginia. And I, at that point, decided I was going to join the Coast Guard Reserves. And about like two days after I figured that out, I was, I realized that you couldn't be a rescue swimmer if you're a reservist. So I immediately was like, I'm just going to join full time and try to be a rescue swimmer. So I went back to Oregon for my spring semester and I, or winter semester, whatever you call it. And I finished up that year and in Oregon school gets out around like the first or second week in June. So once that happened, I was essentially done with that. So I did two semesters finished both of them and then I went off to boot camp in July of, of the summer of 20, 2011. So essentially I was a college dropout joining the Coast Guard and it wasn't like I was I didn't fail out of the school I had a my grades were fine and I was enjoying college but I was kind of just burnt out on the whole educational system just going to school you know you go to school your entire life and then you're pretty much staring at another four to six years depending on your degree and you don't even know what you want to do at that point so I decided I wanted to kind of drop out of college go to join the Coast Guard and try to be a rescue swimmer it's something I had like always thought about in the back of my head but I never really considered until kind of talking with my parents in the over winter break. So I knew that if I joined the Coast Guard and enjoyed the job a lot and decided that I wanted to make a career of it, it would be it would be fine not having a college degree because you can do your 20 years or 20 plus years in the Coast Guard, advance up and make a pretty good living and not have to worry about getting a degree. So it's not a big deal. But I also in the back of my head was I had the backup plan of if I didn't love being a rescue swimmer full time, or if there are some parts of the job that weren't conducive to the lifestyle I wanted to live, that I would leave the Coast Guard and go to school. So maybe like two and a half years as a rescue swimmer, I decided that I did want to end up going to school and getting a degree or get a degree. So at that point, I made the decision that I was going to leave the Coast Guard after my enlistment was up, and that would be in the spring of 2017 after six years in the Coast Guard, 
for as a rescue swimmer. And I left the Coast Guard and enrolled at the University of Colorado. And that's where I'm at right now. And I graduate this spring and I'll have a degree in economics. So that's kind of my story. And I know people who did the opposite, basically. They graduated high school, went to college for four years, and then joined the Coast Guard and became a rescue swimmer. I guess what I would say with that is college is really expensive. The Coast Guard will give you free college if you end up not liking your job as a rescue swimmer. So if you're on the fence about continuing on with school and you know you're going to have to like take out student loans or it's going to be a big financial burden on your family to go to college and you're in the back of your head you have this goal of being a rescue swimmer and you are dead set on that like you're going to do that either way I don't think there's any point in going to college right after high school because it's just kind of a waste you're going to be wasting your money because you can just do it after or just take classes while you're a rescue swimmer for at a discount basically using twist using twist tuition assistance so of course it's super intricate and you have to talk it over with your family and make a decision based on your needs and where you're at in life but just take i guess take my my choices as an example as to what you can do and for sure i didn't i don't regret doing what I did I think I did it perfect because I tested the waters kind of after after high school and I went to college and I realized it wasn't really the right time in my life to kind of pursue that that next level in education so I dropped out did something that I wanted to do and I executed and did that for my enlistment and then I decided I wanted to go back to college and get my degree so everything worked out really really well for me and I have zero regrets so just keep that in mind. And if that didn't answer your question, Thomas, just send me a DM or email and we can talk it over some more. All right. So I think this is the, what, the fifth question. And that is how much swimming was with fins and without fins in swimmer school? So take a sip of my coffee. Basically, so early on, I would say it's probably split, like 50-50, the first few weeks of A-school. And that's that's just because you're doing a lot of water confidence drills. So the instructors just have you swimming laps and doing underwater laps and bobbing, doing the drown proofing stuff, uh, doing buddy bricks, all those water confidence drills. So it's kind of annoying to switch from like fins to no fins based on the drill. So you just go no fins for a lot of that. And then as you progress in school, basically you're going to start using fins more and more because you're going to be kind of doing more and more buddy towing and one man practices and multi survivor rescue practices. So multi practices. So for all those drills, you're going to have fins. So I guess I would say on average for the entire duration of school, it's probably like 65, 35 fins to no fins. If that adds up to a hundred 
my using my college math um maybe 70 30 it's usually with fins if you're doing any sort of like sprint workout or long distance workout and then if you're doing any sort of water confidence you're not going to have fins on with the exception of like underwater laps between between random sets of of like 100 meter sprints or something so that might be with fins so as far as that translates to training you're going to want to just train for both you know so it's obviously way easier to swim with fins if you have your your muscles and kind of if you have your legs kind of built up to handling that the kind of the load those fins put on your body so that comes back to kind of maintaining your or building strong legs and then maintaining that fitness as you progress through your training I'm going to end the episode here. I was going to talk about the blog post that I posted on Saturday. I think it was Saturday night. But I'm going to save that for tomorrow's episode. Just because I want to dedicate a good portion of the episode to talking about it and kind of expanding on it. So if you haven't read the article or the post, go to rsmguide.com. Go to blogs in the upper right-hand corner and just give give it a read. Just so you have a little context to what I'm going to talk about tomorrow. I'm just going to expand on it and hopefully bring some more insight to it that I couldn't get out on on the post or that maybe I forgot to get out and then I'll think of tomorrow. As always, if you enjoyed the show, please go to the Apple podcast page and leave a rating and review. If you know someone that would be interested in the material I cover, please share the show with them. I'd love for the information that I'm talking about to get out to as many people as possible. And that brings me to my next point. I was cruising. I was on the Reddit rescue swimmer page. If you haven't been there, go check it out. They, I was reading through a few of the questions and a lot of the questions that are on that page are questions that I'm answering in like shows like this Q and a that I do or shows in the past that I've just answered randomly about training or about rescue summer school. So I don't know if those guys and girls on that page don't know about the podcast, but if one of you feels inclined to go on there and just leave a post mentioning this podcast, that'd be great. Cause there's a ton of questions on there that would be answered really quickly if they just gave this podcast a lesson. I'm still working on a three-part video series about some some kind of training tools for you. The first video is going to be on improving your ability to, to deal with uncertainty. I'm going to do another video on heart rate, tra- heart rate training zones and then another video on creating a workout plan around your fitness goals or your fitness needs for training. So be on the lookout for that. I will post the Instagram page once I get all those done and I'll release them through my website. Thanks for listening today and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Be good.